Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When Arsenal knocks on the door of players, it's a different knock than other clubs. Maybe we'll have a good surprise for you. Welcome back to the Different Knock Podcast, episode number 18 with Alexander Moneypenny and my good friend, Bradley Adams. Brad, I would consider us rational thinking men, would you? Absolutely. Perhaps we say so ourselves, but I'd, I'd say, you know, in general, go listen to the podcasts, we're, we're pretty... We're pretty rational. We tend not to overreact. I think the thing is, like, last episode, I had a bit of a reactionary moment with Leno after the absolute mare he had against Rapid Vienna. But I think that a a, a few points that I made were also based in truth and opinions that I'd stated on the podcast before, whilst I was still kind of having my reactionary moment of lambasting the fact that our goalkeeper decided to play like you know, Sunday league levels for some reason. But yeah, I'd consider us to be very, just very thoughtful, rational human beings who don't, we don't say so ourselves. <laughs> we don't say so ourselves. To jump I, at random things. I think it's really easy as a football fan to have a result like that and overreact. And I often try and steer away from it. But last night I was really angry and I've been trying to work out why. Um... I think what was so frustrating was the manner. I think it was the attitude of the players for me. Like the, the I, I had a little rant to my housemates last night and it was basically this. I am so happy to support our club. It's an incredible club. The one thing I will not ever, ever, ever understand, ever take from any of our players is not trying. And if you watch Mustafi at 92 minutes last night, go back and watch the game. He has the ball and he is ambling forward. He is ambling forward. 
You watch the body language of Lacazette when he loses the ball. He is ambling around the pitch. You watch the 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 lack of commitment. That the only player who looked like they care is Tierney. And Pepe looks like, oh, when he's on the pitch, he looks like he cares. And when he's off, he doesn't. Bellerin's a bit 50-50. I feel like when the 90 missile... No, I can't fucking speak. When the 90 minutes is up, he's like up for it most of the time. But then when the whistle blows... You see him laughing and joking with like Christian Fuchs. I, I, you're right. I can't tell what's in the players' heads, right? But what we can tell is what they do on the pitch and whether they look like they're committed on the pitch. Yeah. I'm not here to dig out all of our players. And I will dig out Mustafi because I saw that and it it made my my blood boil. I'm not going to sit here and go, this person, this person, this person, this person. I could do that, but I don't think it's the right time to do it. What does annoy me is like there's a narrative around it of like oh oh they've oh, and the, the commentators were going oh they they've had a hard week or oh, they've been they oh was it was it a tough week in Vienna was it oh oh was it hard in your five star hotel in Manchester oh you played on Thursday you didn't play yesterday you played and then you played what was it last Sunday or last Saturday like and I'd understand if it was a it was a like for like squad. It's a different team. It's, it's, like there's there's players completely who didn't play but... against there's the, but there's players that didn't play against Rapid Vienna playing today. So it makes no sense to give them the excuse of oh it was a hard night in Vienna because some of the players didn't even fucking play. It's it's yeah I I understand what you mean. Like I don't want to get on this kind of train of just going oh you know Lacazette was shit, Mustafa on all this and just dig well, they were the players. But... but there are I think I think there's two players that really deserve digging out in this episode and that is the two that i've mentioned lacazette and mustafi there's a clip of the vardy goal where gabriel magalesh is literally telling mustafi to cover the space it's basic shit and people might make the excuse that obviously gabriel doesn't speak english doesn't speak german he speaks portuguese uh so might not understand he's pointing his arm to the danger like you are a Premier League footballer and you are telling me that as a centre-back, you can't see your fellow centre-back talking to you, whether it's in a different language or not, and going, look, and you don't look and see the danger. But he just nonchalantly moves, doesn't cover the space, Vardy's in, and it's a goal. And I tweeted um, Tiki Taka Connor, shout out to him, absolute legend, before the game, saying... Um, because he mentioned that obviously because all of our rivals have dropped points, we needed to pick up three points today. Perfect opportunity to move up the table. And if we picked up three points today, our season's looking very different than it currently is now uh, because we'd have maximum points from the winnable games that we would have thought we would have got. And I said, it's an incoming like Vardy prime Ronaldo-esque masterclass. And no one's better at that kind of movement and, and exploiting that space. The frustrating thing is we gave it to him on a silver platter. And the frustrating thing is, mate, is it's the same mistakes. And it's so obvious. If you'd if you'd asked 50% of Arsenal fans before the game, what's what's the what's the most annoying thing you want to avoid? I was being really dominant for the entire game, Vardy coming on at 60 minutes, hitting us on the counter. And what happened? Mm. It happened. And listen. How is Mustafi starting, like, yeah. not even starting? How is he on the bench in 2020? And this is the frustrating thing. We're looking at our squad registration, and this is honestly, I know we bang on about it, but this is the prime example 
as to why Meza Ozil being left out of this squad is not to do with footballing reasons. Mustafi does not offer you more when it comes to a squad than Meza Ozil. You could at least play a system where you're trying to score four while the other team score three. Like, but Mustafi, Mustafi doesn't even offer more than Socrates. I think Socrates has been a more dependable player for us than Mustafi. So why have we registered this absolute clown over Socrates even? Why have we registered Caleb Chambers, who's not going to be back until December, like late December? Why are we registering Mari, who's not going to be back till the same amount? Like, it makes no sense to me. There are decisions going on at this club. that, And I, I made a joke before the podcast start that Mikel's name is now Michael until he starts acting like the saucy Donny was last season. But... Why are we playing a Bamiyang like Prime Walcott? Why are we forcing ourselves to play the biggest flop in Arsenal history in Lacazette up front? We bought him for 45 million and six months later decided that he wasn't good enough. So we had to go spend another 56 million pounds on a striker. Like the fact that he is still starting games under Mikel Arteta makes me worry about how good our manager actually is. And that's very reactionary because I do think that he has inherited a bloated and a squad that looks like it hasn't been put together. It just looks like it exists. But there are simple things at the moment and simple decisions that aren't being made that just baffle me. There is obvious signs of progress under Arteta. Obviously, 100%. there are that there, there, there's there's you know we, we look at the, the 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 big wins at the end of last season. We clearly look more solid on the whole defensively. I think we have the second best defense in the league. We you know we look better in in some games. We look like we have more of a tactical plan. You know, I'm not saying we're back to Emery Ball, although it did look a bit Emery Ball last night. But I think the one thing that's that that I will, and, I, and I'm sorry to repeat myself, but the one thing that I cannot stand is millionaire footballers not trying on their on their one game a week or two second game a week. Mustafi hadn't Man. hadn't played. Lacazette, I don't think, played in the City game, did he? You know, or did he? Maybe no. he did. Anyway, whatever. You know. Maybe he did, but still. Whatever. Like, your your job is to, you know, if you're not fit enough to play three games in a week, Sorry, like that's your job. That is your job to do to do that. And I'm not suggesting you have to be at the the, the top level and running at. But Lacazette, you're not running at all. You're not running for anything. You're not picking up on any runs. You're not making any runs in mind. You're you're not holding. You're not holding up the ball properly. You're not you're not getting in in and behind. You're not playing any interplay. You're not dropping deep. You're not doing. You're he not offered offering us nothing. Anything. Literally nothing. And I, I, what is so frustrating is I think. This feel this win feels so uh, this loss feels so anathema to what the positivity that's been around the club recently and the kind of the ideas that Mikel's brought in and the 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 strength that we've had the defensive solidity that we've had. I Mustafi playing for the club in twenty twenty is a is a joke is it is a joke right? I tweeted this last night. Just take the hit on Saliba. What I don't understand is why we persist with the same... We we know that hasn't worked. We've gone through the Mustafi era. We've gone through the, the Lacazette era. Play our best players. Play the youth. And there's a, there's a thing going around. It's like we, we're buying win-now players. We're, we're buying Willian. We're signing Alba up to a deal. We're... we're 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 buying party. These are all like not these young are, players. These are all win now players. These are all win now players, which means that we're trying to win now. So if we're trying to win now, why do we still have Mustafi? 
You can't have it both ways. Why are we not playing Aubameyang through the middle? I harp on about it, but he is... He outscored Robert Lewandowski playing through the middle. He, he was one off the golden boot last season, right? With the same amount of touches. No, with less touches, I think, even. The Nathan Redmond. In, uh, uh, it's either in the opponent's final third or in the opponent's box. Nathan fucking Redmond. And he was one off the golden boot. And at least you can make the argument that Alba off the lead... The left makes some kind of semblance of sense because you can play him as an inverted forward because he can cut in on that right. But Alba does not really have a left foot. It's it's okay, but it's not elite. So why are we playing him on the right when all he's going to be trying to do is hit the byline and put crosses in? And he's not exactly the best crosser. Like it just that whole the and the reason that this loss pisses me off more than anything, is you look at that Leicester lineup. That Leicester lineup was worse than the Leicester lineup we beat 2-0 in the Carabao Cup. Or it might have even been the same. I'm not even fucking sure. I'm just pissed off. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It was such no, a mate, B-Tech completely. Leicester team. Completely. It was such a B-Tech Leicester team. No Indeedy, yeah. no Pereira, no Sionchu, no Vardy until 60 minutes. Like mm-hmm. they had Madison's just come back. Barely anyone on that pitch who yeah. like it just made no sense. It made no sense that we There's a there's a positional report on uh, Abamyang which which backs that up, mate. Like he's he his average position is right next to Ceballos and Bayern. He's behind Lacazette, he's miles behind Saka. He's our best attacking player. Why Why is he not our most advanced attacking player? And he's, he's the player that people worry about. He's the player that people go, we need to be wary of Aubameyang. But there's nothing to be wary about if he's pinned back in his own half because he, he's the one trying to progress the ball. Like, what is going on? Now I've got the rant out, I can be slightly more... Yeah. I can be slightly more analytical, right? I think Arteta has a, 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 potentially a an overthinking streak and I don't mind it because I think it can sometimes work and I don't mind it if he's just working things out but like if I could talk to him about this game I you know I'm not sure he listened to me but what I'm saying is he he can overthink things and you go listen mate you're gonna get especially in this game we had a lot of chances and if a Bamian can be the one on the end of those chances you watch that ball in from Tierney for the for the miss from Lacazette, where he like does he like duck away from the ball? I, I don't even who do you want on the end of that? You want a Bamiang. Who do you want on the end of that? Uh, the chance where um, it's the same again, isn't it? It's it's uh, it's Tierney from the left. Um, well, well, I know Lacazette scores the goal, but who do you want on the end of those on those kind of things? Which, by the way, that goal. We'll start talking about the individual moments in in the game in a minute, but the yeah that goal. Well, okay, we'll go we'll go on to it in a minute. But I think overall. We're playing this like, you know, it's clearly nice and structured. It's clearly nice and rigid, but it gives no freedom for any players. It it just creates this kind of system where we're, yes, fantastic. We've got this nice defensive stability. Yes, fantastic. We're keeping, keeping the ball. But as you said earlier, why not try and win 4-3? What's the, what's the point in playing this rigid, boring football? It may be a phase. It may be, and, and, and we're moving into a 4-3-3. It could be a... It could be a, a way that we're getting there and, you know, just teething problems with that. I don't know. But it just, it felt, I think last, to sum this all up and this <laughs> rant, I think it just comes from a place of feeling like we progressed so much 
and now looking back and seeing the same kind of the same old Arsenal. The yeah, same this old is problems. Emery Ball. This was prime Emery Ball to lose this match. Leicester were there for the taking. They they had barely any of their regular starters on the pitch. You know, their main players, Indeedy is a monster. Like, Indeedy is the reason that they have such defensive solidity normally because he puts up a ridiculous amount of defensive actions per game. Brad's allergic to shit football. Yeah, I'm fucking allergic to that shit, mate. Uh, but it was just, they were there for the taking. And I looked at that lineup and I was like, yeah, this is this could be like a good match. We should win it 2-0. Like, but we're just not, doing anything going forward we're doing nothing i can't remember a football game that pissed me off that much genuinely and the, yeah and it, it do you know what it is mate it's 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 it, it's not we're going to have teething problems we're going to lose games i don't want to become one of the football fans who just every every game we lose i get annoyed at but that the manner in which we lost that the the amount of dominance we had in that first half the the amount of chances we had and just the frustration and the the lack of intensity and the lack of Lack of any kind of, I would look at, I would say Mustafi, I would say Ceballos, I would say Lacazette, I would say Abamyang. Abamyang was was taking, we took some medicine halfway through the game, and I wonder because he kept rubbing his head. I wonder if he had a headache. These players, and I'm, I'm, I know I said I wouldn't dig them out earlier, but these players don't look as though they want to be Give a there. Shit. And that, and that's that's. I will forgive anything. They're going out and they're playing a system. They might be knackered. They might be under, under, you know, not able to complete the task. We might get really unlucky. The 50-50s might not go for us. Things can happen. This is football. But what I will not accept ever is you coming out and playing for my club and not trying because you have no idea how lucky yeah. you are. You have no clue. Yeah, like you're, you're talking about people earning, you know, Aubameyang after bonuses is apparently on like 350 a week. You're talking about earning 1.1 million pounds in three weeks. We're asking you to run and kick a ball. And the thing is, is I don't particularly blame Aubameyang because what the fuck? Like, what are you meant to do? You're pl- He's being played so far out of position. Playing him out on the left is out of it position. It must be frustrating. Like Exactly. Playing him out on the left is playing him out of position. Let alone playing him out on the right where he's having to play like Prime Walcott. I know I take the piss and I've said that like four times this podcast, but... Walcott could at least kind of cross every one in three times. But that's not Aubameyang's game. It's not. He's not a winger. He's not an elite no. winger. He's an elite centre forward. He's an forward. inside forward or a striker. He's an elite centre forward and he is a good, very good inside forward. And this is, the, well, this is the thing is, is like, I I think the idea of playing Aubameyang out on the, on the left, he doesn't play there. He plays in the inside channel and kind of, and that suits him to an extent when he, when, when we're playing in the right system, when we're playing to mm-hmm. his strengths, but he was being asked to play as a winger last night. And you see, and you see that in his, in his, um, uh, where's Reese Nelson? He's sort where's of, Nelson? He's sort where's of an, Eddie Nketiah? Was... Where's following Balogun? Where are, where's Emile Smith Rowe? Where are all of these youngsters, right? Who would, because you kind of feel like, that Arteta is kind of trying to figure out his best players in his best position still, but without playing his best players once in their best position. Yeah. Aubameyang's playing like, a if... Masala role last night. Like, he ju- like he's, he's, he's like inside midfield. It's incredible. I, I, yeah, I, anyway. So the game itself, um, we massively dominated that first half. I thought we were really good in the first sort of 20 minutes. I, I looked at that and I thought, 
we're doing well. We have to turn the screw. We have to created make this happen. Created so many chances. We created so many chances, and I, and I thought we were really good. I think I thought Louise was fantastic spraying those balls out to Tierney. Um, that was the mate. That was the moment we lost the match. That, I literally as soon as the, as soon as he came off, I was like, "That's it. We're done. This is going to be like two 0 one 0 It was then. a strange I, I, choice though from Leicester to let him have the ball, and I I'd love to know why they did because he was getting a lot of freedom, and I, I wonder. You know, obviously they had an absence of a number nine. But, you know, they had Madison and, and, and Barnes up there who are both, you know, fairly, fairly athletic. So, they you know, they could have they could have closed them down. But I, I don't know. Anyway, you know, we had we had 20 crosses to their five. Um, I think something that started to concern me was uh, sort of in the middle of the first half was party. Um, he didn't it didn't sorry, didn't feel like he was particularly involved in the game. He had. Uh, so I saw a stat earlier he had 44 passes received and Xhaka got 86 and I know that we play out from the back and you know Xhaka drops into that left hand side or Sabahis drops into that right hand side depending on which fullback goes forward but we're not playing the ball into party and they did crowd that area and try and shut him down a little bit I thought and he was anonymous for most of the game um, but then we yeah anyway then we had that chance with with um, that disallowed goal from Lacazette which it's Come on, there's a there's been a um there's been like a VA, a VR reconstruction of it where you can look at you can be in Casper uh, Schmeichel's position when he's looking at Xhaka, and he's uh, it's uh, within right and Alan Shearer on something B in maybe, um, it, it's no no chances that disallowed goal, um and the fact it didn't appear to be I think it maybe have been checked by VAR but we didn't get a second look at it apart from from a not from a VAR angle anyway, um. Yeah, it was it was ridiculous. Oh, mate, I I've been the I have been one of the biggest supporters of VAR because I think it makes the game fairer. At the moment, it is doing the exact opposite. It is calling ridiculous decisions and then not even reviewing them. Like you think the Mane goal, no, not the Mane goal, the Mane offside for the Henderson goal. You think you know if VAR. This is the issue, right? One of the reasons I'm so pissed off is, realistically, that should have been a draw. Should have been 1-1. Because we, that goal should should have stand, should have stood. And then VAR against City, we should have had a penalty. Carl Walker's boot is literally at the head. Like, it's so high. That's, it's, a, it's a stonewall penalty. And I, I, obviously, you don't know whether you score that penalty or whether you miss it. But, I mean, I would put it's it's a 50-50, it's potluck. So let's say we score it and we've drawn those two games. You're then looking at 11 points from 18 rather than 9 points from 18, which is a much better position to be in. Now, we should have won this game with the amount of chances we've had. If we, had Al- if we have Alba through the middle and fucking Willian on the left, for Christ's sake, who I don't rate, I don't think he's a particularly excellent footballer, but he's a right winger. Like We had this conversation when we first signed him about 10 or 12 episodes ago where you started to mention that maybe he could play on the left or in the centre. And I said that most of his kind of output when it comes to where he gets his goals and assists from is from that right wing play. He has played in the centre as a kind of cam and he's played on the left, but his best position is on the right. If you're needing a right winger, whether that's because you don't want to play Nicolas Pepe because he's just played Rapid Vienna in the week, play Willian. If Willian's not available because he's injured, play Reese Nelson. Why? And, and then like... Honestly, I, it, 
Lacazette is the biggest flop in Arsenal history and I do not know why we keep persisting with him because he is not offering us anything. You cannot... At one point, there was an argument for, you know, his hold-up play is excellent. It's not anymore. It's not anymore. Like, it's obvious to see. Aubameyang has the same level of hold-up play. He loses the ball so much. And you're looking like... We've sold Giroud for this. And I never thought I'd say that. But we sold Giroud, who could have come on in the last 30 minutes of a game, 20 minutes of a game, 25 minutes of a game, change a game, for this. Like, what was the point? And I know the point was that we got Aubameyang, but still. On the Lacazette disallowed goal, I've just retweeted a tweet from Dan Critchlow, which is his positioning, uh, Xhaka's positioning on the goal. Uh, on the disallowed goal, he's clearly not impeding Schmeichel. It, he's a, he's at least, in terms of their heads, are a metre away from each other. His foot's quite close to him, but it's it's mental. And 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 then there's a position where Schmeichel's trying to save it. He's clearly not impeding him. It was, you know... Anyway, you know, we, we, we're going to get those, and, and it's not right, but, but we're going to get those over the season. Um VAR. No, but it just feels like we are getting them so much. And I know every club is going to say that because obviously you only watch only, your team. I don't watch yeah. I don't watch Sheffield United versus Fulham. I don't watch Villa versus Leeds. I don't watch I, I mean if it's on, I'll occasionally watch it. To be fair, that is a lie. I did watch Villa versus Leeds. It was a fucking cracking game. Um but why didn't we get Grealish? Sorry, off topic, but why didn't we get Grealish? Because it would have been 70, 80 million. I don't think he's worth it. And he's just signed a new five-year deal on 120k a week. So they, no one's no one's getting Grealish. Grealish has done as a heart. He's he's like he's ruined like the forward-thinking movement of his career because you think United have now got Bruno and United are probably the only club in the country that would have stumped up maybe 80, 90 for an English player like Grealish. City won't. They've got Foden. Arsenal won't. They don't give a shit enough. They don't have enough money. Uh, Chelsea have just bought Havertz. Liverpool have just bought Jota. Spurs don't might ever spend that kind of money. I he's at Villa I for think the rest he'll of his go somewhere. Where? Nah, I think, where? I think he'll go somewhere. I don't where? know where yet, but I because he's you know, not young. Like, he's change, what twenty three. Things change quickly in football. Things change quickly in football, and also he plays. He doesn't quite play in that cam role. He plays out on the left. I think the only place he definitely wouldn't go is Chelsea because of uh, Havertz, but. I think he could possibly I, go yeah, to a lot of clubs. I think he's, I think he's good enough, mate. Oh, I really rate. Grealish. I don't. I don't think he's not good enough. I think he's one of the most underrated players in the league. I just look at this contractual situation and go, if he if he wanted to leave, the best thing to do would to just be run another year off that contract. Why has he just signed a new five year deal? He might be in a Zaha situation, but I if I'm going to make a prediction, I we'll think, see. We'll see. Yeah. Time will time will kind of bore that out. Well, I just. It it makes it makes no sense. So so the game went on. Leicester got, and managed to pick up a lot of yellow cards. Their entire back three got yellow cards. Um, they I think we got a few with Jaka Bellerin. Lacazette got some cards. I, I wondered whether sticking Pepe on earlier for I thought Saka was having a really good game. I would have personally obviously put Bowing through the middle and brought, brought on uh, Pepe for Lacazette and tried to stretch them a little bit. Um, but equally, they were sitting so deep. How could you get any space in behind? So that was frustrating. Thing is, is we did, came out second half. We didn't need space in behind. We've seen Aubameyang off that left smack one in from outside the area. Yeah, yeah. Like we don't. Um, everyone, everyone talks about Aubameyang, and I've I've seen it said like he's a Gabonese Vardy that he needs to play on the counter. Like no, 
No, no, no. You are so wrong. But what I'm what I'm saying is Pepe or someone of that ilk running in behind. Lacazette can't do that. Saka stretching them. You know, Saka drew a few fouls. I think Saka Saka pulled out a couple of yellows. And I'm not saying it's a bit of a dirty tactic to try and get them sent off. But when you're struggling against a low block, I don't know whether kind of sitting deeper, allowing them to just just no, lose. It's the same as looking for contact in the box, isn't it? Anything that can give you a leg up in the game is a leg up in the game. But just allowing them to lose their, their shape by by sitting back and trying to hit them. I don't know. Anyway, anyway, the game went on. Um, we had, uh, they brought on, obviously, Vardy in the second half. That that happened, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, I think we all knew it was going to happen. Um, as you said, you've, you've pointed out earlier, the Mustafi mistake. I think once Louise went off, I agree we lost something um, in the in the attacking sense. I thought Gabriel didn't have his best game. I also thought Ceballos was poor. I thought Ceballos was really poor. He was giving the ball away a lot. Um, he looked. Um, he looks. I think Xhaka slots in really well once once Tierney advances, but Ceballos doesn't quite do the same with Bellerin. I, I, I worry about him slotting in on that right hand side when Bellerin advances. Um, it just doesn't quite do the same, and I know we we we're trying to be less lopsided and be less predictable down that left, but yeah, it didn't quite work for me. Um, it's it just I'm looking at the stats now. You know, we we had nine corners, they had three. Uh, we had twelve shots to their six. We had fifty six. Oh, they've snatched. They've snatched a victory. It's a, it's a smash and grab. But that doesn't matter. They've got the three points. Doesn't like. Doesn't matter how you win; it just matters that you win. And I'm like talking on Sabios, like I rate him, but I think that it's it's a coin toss as to whether he's very very good or a Sunday League player who doesn't know when to release the ball. You know, it just seems that we either get him on his best day or on his worst day. There's there's no in between, and I I couldn't. It didn't really. It just felt like we were just playing three sitting midfielders. Like it didn't feel like uh, you c- you couldn't have told me that Sabios was the most real like advanced because when did he yeah it wasn't like he was playing and I'm not asking him to play in that ten role because mm. you know might not have been what was wanted but there was no emphasis on I don't know it just felt but the, no I know what you mean that 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 I I I thought yesterday Jacker. Party and Ceballos, when Ceballos isn't having a bad game, isn't having a good game, isn't. I think I said on the last podcast, I wonder whether Party's arrival is kind of the beginning of the end for Xhaka. I think they do similar roles. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know whether we're looking at that long term. I, I don't know. But Xhaka, I prefer... Xhaka is not in this. Is not in this team moving forward. He's too limited. He's too limited as a player. I've said it before, we do not win league or even, I don't think, like we'll struggle to qualify for the Champions League with such a limited player. We're just so, we just don't have enough players who can pass a fucking ball because we've left our most creative midfielder out of our squad. So we're desperate for anyone who can literally ping a ball. The crazy thing about Xhaka though is that he was probably one of our best performers last night. I thought he was excellent, and actually, he's the w- probably only the one of one of the players who I thought actually looks like they care. Um, and I do feel like it's a bit of a Gwendozi sitch, though, in the sense that like Gwendozi looked excellent in an Emery system, like when we were playing shit. We played shit last night, and he looked good because. But Jack is disciplined, and he 
He looks like he knows what he's doing. He's he's trying to win the ball back. If you watch like the last five minutes of that game, which I watched in complete silence, um, you 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 look at him and he is he is objectively really trying to get that win or to get a point. Like and and I and you watch watch everyone else's body language compared to Xhaka and compared to potentially Pepe. I know, I know. I, I look and and I don't want to take that out of my team. I don't think he doesn't care. I don't think he doesn't care at all. I'm not saying he's that type of player. But I, but it's about what you're going to replace it with. As in, like, if you could take him out of the team and replace him with a player who equally cares as much, has the same technical ability, but can actually run and move better and wriggle out of spaces better, you combine Xhaka and Ceballos, it's an elite-level central midfielder. Because what Ceballos has got going from is his movement, his ability to dribble and kind of trickle out of those situations. Yeah, out of spaces. So that's what we need to be looking at, getting a player who can play that Xhaka role, but can wriggle and move out of tight situations and gives a shit. I'm not going to knock the man on his... It doesn't matter how much you care. I mean, it absolutely does matter that you care. But it doesn't matter how much you care if you're not good enough. I agree. I agree. I just, for me at the moment, I I look at that team and I think, you know, I, I don't want to become a passion merchant um, and someone who... So many players need to leave, though. And who, so so, you know, I don't want to become that person who goes, oh, you're all, all a load of millionaires and no one cares. But like, there is an argument there. Um, I thought it was a shame that Saka went off. I thought it was a really bright spark. Um, it was just, it was the, the baffled me, baffled me. Like what, a, what a stupid decision. I'm sorry. And I rate, I do rate Mikel. I think he's taken us forward, but that decision yeah. baffled me. The, uh, the, I, th- I think the influence of, I'm just looking at the, the touches here. Bamiyang got 36 touches. Uh, Xhaka had our most with 113, um, I don't think that tells us much, but it, you know it, there is an there is an influence. Thomas Partey had sixty touches. Thomas Partey had less touches than Bellerin. Thomas Partey had less touches um, than Gabriel, obviously. And I would build up from the back, but it is a concern that Partey wasn't particularly involved. Um, and I I don't know whether because especially because his pass accuracy was our was our highest at ninety two. Um, I think you can kind of read too much into these stats, but but what I'm saying is I'm trying to back up a point really that I wonder whether parties not trusted yet by the players. I, I, I mean he should be. I, I I don't know what it is, but he felt anonymous, and I think there was a there's a potential solution in there. Um, looking forward, but um, I mean the main solution for me is is getting Lacazette off the pitch. Honestly, yeah. I think he I think he limits us. I think I would play Eddie and Ketia th- if if we're going to persist with Alba on the left, which I think would be the worst decision this club has made since selling Thierry Henry for twenty four million pounds. And I use that phrase a fair bit. Do you remember? Do you remember what you texted me in the middle of the Rapid Vienna game? <laughs> oh, what the selling Martinez was the worst decision since. Yeah, I, I I stick by it. I do think we've made a mistake. Like Lena's a great shot stopper, but the man passes a ball like a Sunday League player. And it gets to a point where, you know, we weren't facing a lot of shots yesterday. We needed somebody with better distribution and we didn't have it. You know, and I, 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 we didn't, we haven't spent the money, especially if, if Kroenke has injected the funds for Thomas Party, 
like we've been told. The money for Martinez is still there. So why did we sell him for the sake of it? Just give him the game time and fuck Leno off. And I love, I'm sorry, Leno. Like you, you, like you kept us alive when we were playing with Emery. But it's it's that whole kind of idea of moving forward as a club. Like you need to, like if we're going to move forward, we need to d- detach how we feel about certain players. And for so long, I've I've been a fan of Lacazette because I loved him when he was at Leon. I was gassed when we first signed him, and I was like, no, if we persist and we get it going, it works. It'll it'll work, but it just doesn't, and it hasn't. Lacazette needs to go. I would play Eddie Nketiah over him. I would play Balogun over him. I would I would play no one over him. I would have 10 men on the pitch over him. I wouldn't go that far, but yeah. Because he... No, but I just don't think he... But he, he wastes all of our opportunities. At least if he's not there, he can't be passed to. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's more space. Um, I think there, there was... Uh, yeah, I, I, I think... He, or potentially we signed Jamie Vardy. I mean, I would have loved that in 2016. You know, 24% of Jamie Vardy's Premier League goals have come against Arsenal, Liverpool and Man City. Mate, he's like, he's elite. He's elite. Like, big game player. I'll have no no bad words said about him. He's a dogged little bastard. And I mean that in a good way. There's a clip of him. He always looks like, A, he's about to laugh or like he's just had a couple of Red Bulls and he's like making a gag. He is. And he's the sort of player that you, you just know that he's kind of, he's kind of, I don't know, that, 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 that there's always a chance with him on the pitch. And, and I Listen, don't... you need some dickheads in your team. You oh, do. 100%. Like, you don't win games with 11 nice players on the pitch. You need some dickheads. Like, that's what that's one of the things I loved about Gwendouzi. I know, obviously, the Neil Mopai incident made him look like a bit of a mug. And maybe you shouldn't have grabbed him by the neck. But, like... Maybe. You need a shit house. You need a shit house, like you, and you need like a regulated shit house. The one thing about Jamie Vardy that I think is good is he's he's not the kind of dickhead that's going to punch someone in the face, but he will rile you up to get you kind of into the challenges and like get you jostling for them. And he he is he is the best that I have ever seen do this, other than maybe Harry Kane. But Harry Kane dives more than he does what Vardy does. Vardy gets himself in front. And then gets himself into a position to shield the ball from you when he's running in on goal. Even though he knows he's probably not going to get a clear-cut opportunity. But he knows he's likely to get a bit of contact. So he leans into that contact and goes down. Like, it's just gamesmanship. It's like, and you need to rile people up to, to drag people into that. And he does it expertly. That's why they won, what, two, three penalties against City? Because he just got in front, knew the challenge was coming because he'd riled them up, took the challenge, hit the floor, got a penalty. He's very, very good. I There was talk about him coming out of international retirement. And to be honest, I'd love that. But only if we play him. I, I, this is the thing. I don't think Southgate would, would recognise what he has. I don't but, think Southgate can um, rec- yeah, recognise a piss up in a fucking brewery at this rate. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, okay. Okay, Brad, how do we move on from this? How do we pick up our, our our lovely listeners to make them feel like there might be some hope in this season? Um, I think we've just got to look at the positives. We're going to lose one-off games. Right, it's going to happen. Whether we've lost this because we didn't take our chances or because of a lot of other... like, There's a plethora of reasons why we lost that game last night. We've just got to look at the positives that we're... Okay, we're nine points from 18. It's not great. But we've had two, we've had the two hardest games of the season. We've played at the Etihad and we've played at 
Anfield and whether you can say, you know, look at other results and those teams were gettable. It's difficult to beat those teams. You have to find them on an off day. And the fact that we are nine from 18 after playing away from home to Liverpool and City, you know, I don't think a lot of people would have thought that going forward. Uh, Unfortunately, it now means that away at Man United is a must win. But, you know, we've just got to keep positive and keep moving forward and just hope that Mikel realises that we need to remove Lacazette from North London and play Alba up top and give some kids a chance. I th- Do a Dortmund. I think whatever... The, the, the one thing that I'm kind of clinging to and, um, yeah, the one, the, one, the one thing I'm kind of thinking, okay, all is not lost, is Arteta will be angry. And he will be looking for a solution and he will be looking for a reaction. I think he's not the kind of like Wenger, uh, Wenger after these types of losses is kind of going, okay, maybe uh, we he's, he's kind of a bit more relaxed. Emery would have persisted. I think Arteta c- could go in and go, right, fuck this. I'm ripping up the rule book kind fuck of thing. Off, like I think I, um... I like, I, I wonder because yeah. I, I think Arteta feels the stakes a bit more i i don't I, I that's a massive i mean conjecture klaxon here we come warning conjecture but ahead the i think he from my kind of understanding of who he is and my kind of understanding of his personality and what he said after the game he said i don't know how the hell that goal was disallowed and that's like such a fucking fan thing to say i think he'll be angry and i think he'll be looking for a reaction so whatever happens i think you know dundalk have got it coming for them but hopefully man united have got you know, hopefully there'll be something to do that we can that we can do about that. The yeah, so we're looking for a reaction. The only other couple of things I wanted to say on the game. Where's Maitland Niles? That's a good point. I ain't, I ain't got a clue. Hasn't played in ages. And was he on the bench? He was on the bench. Didn't come on. And considering his comments about you know the manager convinced me to stay here and I'm I'm happy to play wherever and he you know he kind he kind of you know if, if you compare that to his comments in that in that interview he did about not wanting to play right back and, you know, he's now very happy and what he's talked about, Mikel's, you know, helped him with his professionalism and all that sort of stuff. It's strange. I, I, I don't know, you know, three games in a week and he hasn't played. Mm. Um, I wonder whether, because for me personally, might have offered something. Um, I, I know we're, not, we're now kind of transitioning out of the the three into a bit more of a four. Maybe that will stay. Maybe that will move on. Maybe, maybe, maybe he doesn't fit in that system. Um, but then why convince him to stay if you know you're going to move to a four? This is the thing. So I, and I, you d- aren't going to play him. I don't know. Um, yeah, let's finish on a high. I did. Th- I thought. I thought. Be- I thought Bellerin was good last night. I think yeah. party party's got a lot of room to grow. Um, it's I his think... first match at the Emirates. Like he's going to get better. Tierney was excellent again. Um, oh, I love him. I love yeah. him. Yeah, he's you know he's, he's sort of captain slowly turning into my favorite player. He's also, you can just hear him. He's, and I'm sorry to, you know, I'm just going to, I'll title this episode Passion or something. But. Passion. Passion. Like, it's so nice to see players who appear like they care. Like, it's, you kind of forget that, you forget the, the, the value of players who just fucking care about trying to win games for Arsenal and what that can do in 50-50s and what that can mean. There's a, there's a moment where the ball, uh, it's one of David Luiz's last passes and Tierney just gets lucky with the bounce, but he gets lucky because he's he's committed. It's like that old thing of you know when strikers get the they kind of run off just in case the the defender they gamble. They just they, just in case the defender fucks the clearance they they gamble, 
And if you gamble 20 times out of 20, one of them might happen. But that one happens. It's like Eddie Nketiah. Um, Nketiah, by the way, who is pretty physical. I've yeah. last couple of times he's come on, he's been quite like body checky. Um, there's a, there's a conversation to have about him as well, where he seems a bit dejected at the moment in his gameplay. Well, you would be. You watch. You're I mean, yeah, sat like, on the bench watching fucking Lacazette twerking yeah, around. Mate, get him. There's man. a there's a story about Lacazette. Um, it's uh, um, it's yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so who was it? It was it was it AFC Amden. Basically, someone put up a story about Lacazette saying, they said, basically, based on what I know of Lacazette off the pitch, supposedly he got some girls to wait at his house and watch him on TV um, so he could come back and kind of take the plaudits. But he was so bad that he didn't go home and the girls just had to leave. (laughs) And I think that sums up, sums up Lacazette. Massively, mate. He's just fucking... (sighs) Brad, you and your dressing gown. I mean, you know, sums up, really. I'm oh uh, mate, I couldn't be asked to get dressed this morning. I'm, I I ain't putting the effort in. They ain't putting the effort in. I ain't gonna put the effort in. Brad, do you wanna do you wanna ask the do you wanna ask the questions this week? No, no, no. You ask it because I'd have to look on my phone and then I don't get to see your beautiful face. No, no, no. You go on. I want you to ask the question. Go on. Okay. Which one shall we pick? Okay, Jamesy James Allison has said it's not particularly positive, but. Compared to other teams who play 4-3-3, why can't Arsenal create any fucking chances? Always seems congested in the final third, whereas other teams seem to have space and time to take players on or pick a pass. So why do we think? I think I can answer this question pretty well. The O word. I... No, I don't even think it's the O word. We're playing players out of position and we don't have a creative midfielder, really. So... Yeah, I, I I think we can over. I think again, it comes back to I think we can overthink this. We're playing three midfielders. It comes back to what you were saying earlier, almost like three not holding midfielders. But when Sabayos isn't having a good game and when he can't get forward and when they've congested the midfield and he's being asked to drop back into their right hand side, we're essentially playing. And if you look at those average positions, they're on the halfway line. We don't have someone in that space. Um, Picking up the ball on the half turn, who if you look at, for example, potentially like a, a Tielemans for Leicester, he's just advanced of their other midfield too, and he can and he's central and he can play those balls. I I think the the, the central attacking midfielder, the number ten role is is different mm. now. Uh, some teams can play it. It depends on the system. I think you have to, I think you have to really build around that person. I think most teams and what we appear to be doing is kind of a 4-3-3. But what we need is a player who can drive forward. And I don't want to keep coming back to an hour and say, we haven't got hour and that's why. But say we had a player who could do that. And actually, Ceballos can do that, mm-hmm. who can pick up the ball on the half turn, run into that space and play passes centrally. You watch, we're, 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 we're constantly going wide. And that's fine, but it would become predictable. And we don't create chances and we don't kind of... There's a there's a thing in the I was watching in the week about like the five kind of channels behind. If you look, if you think about maybe four defenders or five defenders, you think the most important channels are the one between the final fullback. If you if you're playing a left back or a left wing back, and the inside centre back, those channels can't be exploited by a player from the outside. It, it can't happen. You have to have a player on the inside who can play a fullback in the overlap, who can play a striker through, who can you know whatever it is, and I think. 
you know, we, we don't have that player. Party is a fantastic player. He can break up play. Mm. He can dribble a little bit, but when he doesn't have the ball, he can't do much. Shaka is not a creative player. He's a he's a really good. He can control the tempo. He's he's he fights. He's a he's a fantastic leader. He's not that sort of player. Sabias was being asked to play a different thing last night, so it leaves Lacazette to do it. And as we've gone through, he can't do it. He can't drop deep, even though his average position is deeper than Saka. He can't do that. He loses the ball. He, he doesn't have the physicality. He doesn't have the run. He doesn't have the quality on the ball. So we're left with this dearth of creativity in the middle where. We're leaving up to Tierney, really, to have any kind of creative creative spark. And that's why I understand the Urzel argument, and I do get that. I don't think he's the answer long term. But like, for example, from this position, if we bought Ozil in last night, I fully agree. But if are we set if we can set up in a different way, if we can set up with Sabas playing a slightly different role, um, potentially when we trust our right centre back a bit more to 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 cover that space. I don't know. But um yeah, it's uh, it's a really complicated question. Yeah, I, I think I agree with everything you say. At the Good. moment, we don't have a right centre-back. We really trust defensively. So we are having to ask a kind of one of our central midfielders to drop into that right-hand space rather than just leaving it vacant almost. I've got a question for you, Brad. Go for it. Would you, would you just stick Saliba in at this point? Because we're, you know, we haven't got holding for a couple of weeks. We're playing Dundalk at home. With... Against Dundalk, yes. Against Premier League opposition, no. I mean, he's not he's not registered for the Europa, is he? No. But, but as in, if the... he could have, I'd have played him against Dundalk. I just wouldn't play him. Because I think, again, like, it's not yet. For... Watch Fafana last night. And, he, and supposedly Saliba is... is, is, is has more ability and natural ability than Fafana. I know they don't think he's ready, but I just, I, I would rather take the hit on Saliba making those mistakes, the Mustafi making those mistakes for the 57th time in his Arsenal career. Of course, but it's about kind of what those mistakes will do to a player and what the fan base could do to a player. I can very much, ask, a lot of Arsenal fans can be very toxic. And while I think I would prefer Saliba to be making these mistakes and learning from them, I just don't know whether that is going to be the healthiest environment for him to grow as a footballer, especially when he has already had a tough time to go through in the last kind of six months. And I think that, that may be the reason why we're not seeing him. You know, you're looking at a man who at 19 years old has just lost his mother, has moved to a different country, doesn't speak the language properly. And as much as we can kind of compare with Fafana, Fafana might not have a few of those kind of almost asterisks to his name right now. Yeah. Fafana didn't get injured as much last season as Saliba did, I don't think. He probably made yeah. more than 16 appearances last season. So I think that as much as we can go, they're similar players, but apparently Saliba's better. You know, there's a lot of things kind of attached to that, which is why I know that Arsenal fans are toxic sometimes. And even the thing is, is even if 80% or 85%, the vast majority, whenever Saliba made a mistake, was super supportive, all sent messages of support and flooded his inbox with a thousand messages of support. There's still 15% of people who are dickheads who are going to be pissed off that we've lost the match because a 19 year old has made a mistake and we'll send him a tweet or something that, like, people say horrible shit. I listen to podcasts all the time. I fucking love them. 
And I was listening to one. Um, do you listen to ours, Brad? Uh, yeah, I do. I listen to every episode because I like to improve. Um, and I was listening to one. Uh, Jack... <laughs> that was such a like a teacher answer. <laughs> it was. It was. Uh, I was listening to one called Jack Mates Happy Hour Podcast uh, because I quite like Jack Mates content on YouTube. And he was interviewing. It was just like one of the, like a random clip video of of because he he puts up the full ones, but also puts up like little ten minute clips. So I listened to one of these ten minute clips of him talking to a woman who was an OnlyFans model. And like people send like ridiculously disgusting hate messages to people online, like telling them that they they hope their family dies, that that they hope that that it, and or that they, you know people are fucking horrible. And I just know that there are some cunts out there that would send. Salibra a message that if he sees could ruin his confidence, could shatter the human being. And I don't think it's worth it for the same mistakes to be made. I'd have preferred we registered Socrates because he's fit. And like sexy. Yeah. Oh, God. Look at that Greek god. Oh, no, nah, I'm joking. Ooh. Um No, I, I, I just I think that he's fit. Like he's fit. He's ready to play. And whilst, OK, he does not have the passing range that we need. Neither does Mustafi. And he wouldn't he wouldn't have been stood where Mustafi was last night, knowing what Jamie no. Vardy can do. No, exactly. And I honestly, I think it that's that's the thing for me. It's not Saliba. I don't think he's ready because of a, a, a kind of whole list of reasons. And do you know what? I could be proved wrong. He could go in against Dundalk and then against United away and out perform out of his skin. But I just wouldn't take the risk that if he does make one mistake that means we draw against United or even lose against United, that, you know, it could ruin his confidence moving forward. I just don't think it's worth it. I don't think it's worth the risk. I see that. I see that. I just, you know, I, I, I wondered for a game against like a Dundalk. I would have just loved to have seen him, but it's... Dundalk, you know. 100%. 100%. Okay, Brad, last question then. Uh, Jason Reed, who is JLR1990... Jason Reed has asked, if you if you were given manager, what team would you put out with what formation and what style of play? Let's say for the next two games, Thursday and Sunday. Um So Dundalk, United away. Um Dundalk, I, I think our best formation going forward is going to be a four three three with two sitting midfielders and one advanced midfielder. Um Dundalk, uh, Dundalk, I think, is going to be an easier game, so you can afford to play some of the kind of youth or less able players. I'd probably, I'd still stick with Leno in goal because I think that Runa, it, like, it's not going to be a fitness congestion issue for a goalkeeper. So I'd keep Leno in goal for as many games as possible. I would contest that. I think if Runison doesn't play in a, in a Dundalk at home. After a win in the first Europa League game, I am starting to go, why did we sign him? Because we needed a second choice goalkeeper in case of injury. He was Dijon's second choice and Dijon were like 16th in Liga. There's there's no yeah, surprise that we signed but... him and then we're still linked to David Rea to buy him from Brentford and then loan him back. Because I don't think moving forward he's he's an option we really want. He's that third choice that Matt Macy is currently, but just that can't be because we don't have a home enough homegrown do you know what i mean I don't yes think but i don't think you'll get a lot of minutes going forward but if he is going to play you'd go dundalk at home surely oh yeah if he is going to play it'll be dundalk at home i just don't think he is going to play i think he I gets did... minutes if leno gets injured i think that's it that's concerning 
I think if he doesn't play against Dundalk, I genuinely am a little bit worried if Leno gets injured because then our options are a player that they clearly don't trust and mm. Matt Macy, who is expiring his contract. Of course, but I think I, this is what I mean. I think that he will turn into that third choice goalkeeper. As in, next summer, we'll probably sign another backup goalkeeper. I can see so much chest there, Brad. I love it. Can you? you just... <laughs> Uh, carry on, go on, finish the finish the um, So yeah, I'd play Leno. Uh, right back is either Cedric or Ainsley. I'd give Bellerin a rest. <sighs> Left centre-back, because we've got so many injuries, uh, I'd go Gabriel, just because we, we can't afford to not play him. I, I think we've got like three fit centre-backs, especially with David Luiz going out. It'll probably end up being, if Saliba was registered, I'd probably give him the run out, but it'll probably end up being Mustafi. Left back, I would go... Kalazanak, because I think even though he's absolutely shite, this is Dundalk, we should be okay. Uh, midfield, I would go... It's difficult because we don't actually have that many central midfielders. I don't feel anyway. Like, what, Xhaka, Ceballos, Party, and Joe Willock. I think they're the four El options. Nene. I can't think of anyone else. El oh, El Nene. El Nene. Oh, mate, we'd get the El Nenesons back on. So it would probably be probably be El Neni and Xhaka or El Neni party for me. Can I chuck in Smith Rowe? Yeah, I, I was about to say Smith Rowe at Cam. And kind of Smith Rowe is the most forward of the three central midfielders. Yeah. Or central midfield players. Like, I don't want to call him a Cam or a Senate because who the fuck knows? Sort of attacking eight, really. Yeah, attacking eight, ten kind of vibe. Uh, on the right... Uh, Nelson, if Williams fit, William, Pepe, it's kind of interchangeable. It depends. I'd probably give Saka the rest. I'd maybe play Nelson on the left because he played quite well on the left against Leicester in the Carabao. So Nelson on the left, Lacquer up front because I think it's Dundalk. Like, it's not, this is the thing. He could be a Europa League striker to give Alba a rest, but playing the both of them doesn't work. I play, yeah, so Nelson on the left, uh, Lacquer through the middle, and then either Pepe, Willian on the right, or maybe, depending on if Willian isn't available or we want to rest Pepe, Nelson on the right, Saka on the left. I think Willian's trained, so he might be available. Um, I would only contest, uh, I would probably stick Maitland-Niles at left back. Fair enough. Um, And I would probably put... Nelson on the right, Enketia through the middle. Yeah, fucking Enketia. And I think he'll probably try. I think he'll probably try a Pepe on the left or something like oh. that. Do you remember he played? He played Pepe on the left against Leicester, was it? Um, no, it wasn't Leicester. It was so West I, Well, no, it wasn't. Was it? West, it wasn't Leicester. It wasn't. The, was it the match that we watched? No, because Nelson was on the left in the Carabao against. Oh yeah, maybe I can't remember. He played Pepe on the left at some point. Um, but anyway, I, get, no. I think he might try something like that. I think yeah. he might try a kind of. It's some sort of thing. And then United. Um, strongest lineup. Strongest lineup. Yeah. I'm going Lennon and goal. Better yeah. right back. Tierney, yeah. Tierney left. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully. Hopefully Louise is fine. If not, Mustafi, but fuck's sake. Because we don't have any other choice. It would be holding if he was, if he was okay. Uh, obviously, Gabriel left centre back. I'd mm-hmm. stick with the 4 3 3, ideally. I'd go party, Sabios. 
Xhaka, but only if Sabahos is given a slightly different role and mm-hmm. can can have a bit more freedom. Similar similar party if they trust him a bit more. If not party, uh, party Xhaka, Willian in that ten role. Yeah, yeah, potentially. Uh, and then I'd probably go. Oh, I mean, this is me, so this isn't what Arteta would do. I'd love Aubameyang through the middle. I've been converted, um, and I would love Pepe on the right and. Maybe Willian on the left. You haven't seen Willian on the left much. Mm. But he works hard. Yeah. We need I that. Think that's, especially down. I wouldn't disagree United's with right. any of that, really. Yeah. Other than maybe Saka. Maybe Saka plays the 10 and Willian plays the left. Yeah. Or me in centre mid, you in goal. Yeah, why not? Why not? <laughs> All right, Brad, that brings us to the end of the Different Knock podcast. Uh, the rant, the rant episode is over. Um, felt it good is. to get that out of our system. Oh, so good! I feel great now. Feel great. You can, you can, you can now put some clothes on. I can. I can get out of this fucking dressing gown. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Thank you Thanks, to you, guys. Brad. Thank and you, And we will Alex. see you bright and early Friday morning. Yeah. Uh, for a podcast because the game is eight o'clock on Thursday mm-hmm. evening. So we will see you then. All right. See thanks for then. listening. Cheers. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Different Knock podcast. If you did enjoy that and want to hear some more, please hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're using for a new podcast every Monday and Thursday. If you want to support the show and get access to exclusive content, check us out on Patreon and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at DiffKnock. Thanks. Podcast Network.